Hey, welcome into Unanchored Boston, the podcast. Hank Morse, Mike Lynch, Butch Stearns, and just returned from the Golden Circle, ladies and gentlemen, Emmy Award winning New England legend, Bob Lobel. I couldn't even say Boston, New England. New England. Congratulations, Bob. Thank you very much, Tom. I'm embarrassed. It didn't take long to get me embarrassed in the show. I'll speak for Lynch. You were only sad we weren't there to heckle you. <laughs> I didn't get an but, invite. I, I don't know. The <laughs> tickets cost $100. No wonder you didn't go. Must have blown off the front porch. So tell us about it last yeah, night. How was it? It was, no, it was great. It was really a great event. It was long, but it was a great event. And uh, there's some uh, really good people on there, like Bob Ward and Liz Chang and uh, other people, a couple of people from Rhode Island that really deserved it. And uh, it was a thrill to be a part of it, but it was nerve wracking. I'm really glad it's over because I suffered for two weeks before it, wondering how I was going to blow it. And uh, what were you worried about? I know, minefield. You go through those things, it's a minefield. You don't want to be too long. You don't want to be boring. You want to be funny, but you don't want to be serious. And, you, you know, you don't want to leave anybody out. And of course, I left about four or five people out. I've been lamenting that ever since. So it's just the usual stuff. You know, it's like, what, Mike? What? Did you leave me out? No, I did not leave you out. <laughs> did you mention the podcast at all? It was in the program. Burke bought an ad in the program. <laughs> really? So, so yeah. the answer is no, you didn't mention it. No, the answer is I'll answer the question, Hank. Why didn't we you there? <laughs> I couldn't afford the hundred bucks. Well, that's okay, fine. You know. Uh, so anyway, the uh, it was it was really interesting. It was very fl flattering, and, and you know, it's over. That's the best part. And let's point out there were a number of people honored, but only one person in the Golden Circle, and that was you. Yeah, but the Golden Circles, it's about longevities the silver circles 25 years of contributions in broadcasting and the golden circle is half a century i mean come on i just you know the introductions went so long i might have been there for a 75th year if i hadn't left. <laughs> i heard you say last night that you know a big part of this award is being alive to accept it right no it is and that was true i guess <laughs> Well, yeah, but it is kind of part of the definition of the award. It's right there. You know, you got to be alive to accept it. I don't think they've given many posthumously. <laughs> Actually, this might be I a good time. Posthumously. What? Before we jump in to what we're going to talk about today, and we're brought to you by Our Best Foods and Our Best Meatballs, Cold Springs RV up in Ware, New Hampshire, and George Gray's Lexington Toyota, 49 Mass Ave in Lexington, LexingtonToyota.com. I'm sure for people watching the podcast or listening to the podcast right now, not all of them, Bob, know the story about how you actually got into broadcasting because you went, to, you were a, an education major at Kent State, right? Right. Well, this is a, that was so long ago, Hank. I don't even think I can remember. Well, no, so you, you went to the University of Vermont, right, to get your master's in education? You don't want to hear this bullshit, do you? You, you guys want to hear it, don't you? Oh, come on. Well, oh, give us the story. Didn't you fill in for right, Roger right, Twybell right. and the rest was history? Yeah, no, I just, okay, I got a master's in education at the University of Vermont because I wanted to be a guidance counselor and a college administrator. And then I just got into it by 
starting announcing at the UVM football games when they had football and then uh, there was a television station job. I just thought I wanted to do it. I thought I knew sports. I thought I knew the subject matter and it was just a matter of getting in front of a camera and it was like a first love. And then I thought I could do it and I figured out I could and just blah, blah, blah. And then I got out of it for a while and I went back and Okay, the one thing that got me to Boston, I stop it, Bob. The one thing that got me to Boston, the same week I was offered the job at WBZ Radio, the very same week, one of my best friends in Manchester, New Hampshire, and I was working at a radio station in Manchester, New Hampshire, offered me a job as the sales manager of his Chrysler dealership. Same week, it was McKenzie Motors. He said, I want you to come and work with me. I want you to be my sales manager. And... Uh, same week, I got an offer from the WBZ in Boston radio uh, in the afternoons to do afternoon sports. And I just told my friend, Doug, I have to go do this, Doug. I just have to try this because BZ was such a powerhouse radio station. You know, they had Guy Manella, they had Jerry Williams, they had Larry Glick. They had them all. Maynard, they, you know, they had, they had them all. And uh, so you really aspired to be George Gray. Yeah, yeah. At one, right. point. <laughs> was one, at one point, I could have been, could have gone either way. So at that same week, I just it was a talk about crossroads, you know, and forks in the road, take a fork in the road that it seemed like the right one to take because I just really felt like I had to try it. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? And sorry to interrupt, but in all our journeys, and I'm not going to bore you with the story, but I'm sure Mike and Hank, you have the same similar situation that you work so hard for an opportunity, whatever that is and nothing ever comes. And then all of a sudden, two, three of them come at once. And you're sitting there with a piece, <clears> which you hoped you had a piece of paper on the table to choose among one, two, or three opportunities. It's happened to me twice in my career, and it's crazy. And you really have to be careful because sometimes an opportunity comes along and you say no. And then a week later, somebody says, you know what, we don't want you here anymore. Right. And then that other opportunity is gone. Well, it's just what, you know. Which is what I'm living right now. Vagaries of life are just, uh, you know, it's a tough, it's not an easy business to be into as our good friend Bob Neumeyer uh, constantly reminded me, there are no happy endings, not in this business. And uh, he was right. I mean, I, I remember the day I was hired. I remember the day I was fired. It was the two most... Uh, searing memories in my you know professional life but I, I don't consider it a professional life it was a hobby more than anything else I did what I I did what I really enjoyed doing and uh, I was very fortunate in that but the firing was brutal brutal but it was just one of those things you know I heard you nailed it I heard from multiple people that you well, I appreciate it. that butch but I was really worried about it I really well, that's why you nailed it, because you care. Well, maybe, perhaps. I had written down, honest to God, I got, I have every, all my notes right here, five pages of notes, and I never took them out of my pocket. Michael, you know why he nailed it? Same reason you guys were good on the air. We did all our homework, we got on the air, and I'm sure you guys did this the same as I always do, however you did it. You remind yourself who you're talking to and what you're going to say, and you make it more about them than you do about you, Right. And you make a connection. You did that for your whole career, Bob. You know, there are just little clues. Uh, thanks, Butch. I don't know that that, you know what, 
Yeah, I guess so. Well, I'm sure it was hard because the subject was you and you wanted to make it about everybody else, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, last night? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally. It was, uh, you know, I couldn't remember. I was more worried about forgetting names and and, and uh, consequently I did. But the, uh, I've always said this and I, I'm sure anybody that's done this side of the camera will had some tricks in their mind, some mind games that they play with themselves to get themselves ready. And to me, instead of, instead of one audience of a hundred million or one audience of a million people, it was always a million audiences of one person. So it was a totally different perspective. I always tried to talk to one person and not a large audience of, of maybe 10, 15, 20, 50,000, 200,000 people who were likely to be watching at any given time. If you know you're sitting in an audience at a stadium with 200,000 people, chances are you're going to be nervous. But if you're sitting in a station with one person in 200,000 stadiums, well, that's a whole <clears throat> way of looking at it and a whole other way of approaching it. And that's always what I thought was that's the right very, thing. That's very, very interesting. You know, Mike Barnica paid you a very nice compliment one time. You probably don't remember this, but in 2005, um, second game of the season, you gave me a pair of Red Sox tickets to sit on the green monster. And I took my dad right after the Red Sox had raised the banner. It was really a, a spectacular day. It was generous of you to do. And I met you and we walked into the ballpark together. And then my dad and I walked off. And the next day on the Mike Barnacle show, I was telling Mike, I said, when Bob Lobel, when he walked into Fenway Park, it was like walking in with Mick Jagger. I mean, the people went crazy for you. I'm not stroking you here. I never got people, you know. I mean, the people were really, they were happy to see you. And Mike said, well, you know, that's the difference between Bob Lobel and Dan Shaughnessy and I. They yell out assholes when we walk through Fenway Park at the gate and they cheer for Bob Lobel. Well, Bob, you talk about being nervous. Were you ever nervous before you interviewed anybody in your life? Yeah, I was nervous about that. Or Bird Williams show going in because I knew that was only one person that really could screw up that show. And I didn't quite know what to expect because it was not taped. It was all live. Uh, and I think when I first went down to spring training and I worked in Manchester, New Hampshire, and I went down to spring training for the first time. And one of the first guys I interviewed was Yaz. I was really nervous at the time. You know, since then, I think we became pretty good friends. We played golf and spent time, you know, just BSing and everything else. But I, yeah, I, I can remember being pretty terrified. How about you, Mike? Um, the, the, <clears throat> I interviewed on the six o'clock news one night at the, at the garden in his full uniform, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. And for some reason, uh, I, I was always prepared for everybody and, and I was prepared for him, but I, the knees were knocking. And I know I, I probably went, hello, I didn't want to meet you. And uh, I can't believe I did that. But it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at the Old Garden. And I don't know why him above anybody else. But it's I, a, I was very nervous. So strange, isn't it? You just, yeah. what you must have had a few or just. Well, my quick one is I had a cable TV show. This is when I met you guys. I had you guys both on it. And Braintree, and one of the first guys I had was Will McDonough, who was a mentor to me. I'm not the only one, as we all know. 
and I was so prepared and I had this list of questions on a notebook like this. And I had the cable TV show with the plant. You can't do the cable TV show without the plant. By the way, this tape is in my attic on a three-quarter inch deck. I got to get it bumped up. And my very first question to Will, name of the show was Time Out with Butch Stearns. My very first question to Will wasn't even a question. I'm here with the legendary Will McDonough. Will, Boston sports fans are the best sports fans in the world, aren't they? And, of course, you know Willie. Willie looks up and he goes, well, no, there's better fans in Chicago Philadelphia, but they'll they'll eat, they'll shoot your mother. And he grabs the notebook out of my hand. He throws it across the room. He goes, I bet you every one of those questions were based on me saying yes to the first thing. And he said something that was that should be the title of a book. He put his hand on my knee and he said, did you bring me here to tell you what you wanted to hear or what you need to hear? And really? he schooled me. He schooled me. At the end of it, he tapped me on the knee. He goes, I like you, kid. You call me for anything. And I'm like, Jojo the Idiot Circus Boy. Will McDonough says I'm going to make it. <laughs> but I was terrified when he threw my notebook. Terrified. That's very funny. That's a great story. Uh, he was harassable. I, I got one more for you, which is really good. You met Bob Ward last night, right? Yeah, great guy. Solid guy. This is the funny. You guys will appreciate in the business. Appreciate this story. You know when you do... Joint opens, you throw it from one person to the other to the other. They got to be taped. You do them live, you're asking for trouble. We're doing a Red Sox World Series pregame show. David and Maria are up on the right field roof where it used to be a roof before they had the bars up there. Kevin Lamanna, which is on the Green Monster, Bob Ward is outside, and I'm in the dugout. And the pregame show starts like this all live. I'm David and Maria. Let's go to Kevin on the Green Monster. I'm Kevin Lamanna. So let's go outside to Bob Ward. Bob? Bob takes it and goes, blah, 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 blah. I got to go and let's go inside to the dugout where Butch Stern is standing by. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm live. And what I said was, well, you don't hear that every day. And I said, whatever I said, Good Bob answer. comes, Bob's the most wonderful, hardworking guy in the world. He comes and he's a diehard Red Sox fan. He comes walking in with his tail between his legs. I got tears running down my face. I said, you're leading the Christmas reel this year. What are you worried about? That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Funny. That is really funny. Bitch. Hmm. True story. True story. Is that your nickname now in the newsroom? Yeah, well, it's been my nickname for many years by a lot of people. Bob, were you the first one or were you the last one to get introduced last night? First one, thank God. Yeah. The last one was done by, well, let's see, what when did Brady finish? Because I was listening in my car going home. <laughs> to, uh, to that was Brady. at about 11. That was his drive. He, he scored the touchdown after 11 o'clock. Yeah, well, I was in my car when it, when he they scored the touchdown listening to it. So uh, that's how long it lasted. I think we got out of there by 11. Yeah. Why don't we, it was a why long don't we, night. Why don't we start there? My goodness. We've seen this movie over and over and over again. I actually watched the Manning cast last night. Yeah, I did here, too. And here's something. You did, Mike? Yeah, it was second half. Yeah, did you? And, and, and Manning never said anything about this, but the big stat after that game is that he passed Peyton Manning right. with 44, 44 fourth quarter comebacks now. Yeah. The other stat I thought was amazing was he was 1-25 in, in games going into the fourth quarter when he trailed by – 14 points or less, or yeah, four, 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 13 points or more. Yes. And that's what he did last night. One in 25. The one win, of course, was was the 28 to 3 game. 
But that tells you how infrequent that it happens, what he did last night at 45 years old for the 44th time. Well, it's just, it was, you know what? There's no explaining it, is there? Is I mean, maybe you guys no. can explain it. I can't explain it. What was it, two touchdowns in three minutes, three seconds? Three touchdowns. One was called back. Yeah, one was called back. Yeah. By the way, did you hear Manning's comments about that touchdown when he watched the replay and they saw the holding call? Manning, uh, Eli was focused on the holding call, and all you heard Peyton was saying, wow, what a throw and what a catch. Yeah. And I thought to myself, that's Peyton Manning saying that. No. It was a laser. I mean, he that, that, that this this game was a dog for 57 minutes. And Brady, it seemed Brady didn't, he threw one pass to Mike Evans in the fourth quarter that was good for about 13 yards. Every other pass was under 10 yards, every single one of them. And I, and I, you know, dope that I am, I, I jumped the gun. I said, you know, I wonder if Mac Jones can identify with Tom Brady in this game, throwing the ball downfield, you know, et cetera, et cetera, you know. And then sure enough, like three minutes later, Brady pulls the damn game out and scores two touchdowns. It was 17 to three, 16 to three at the time. But um, I mean, I know you got to you got to give it was the same thing with the Rams defense yeah. and the Saints defense. They weren't exactly playing their top you know, defense know. available. And that's you got to kind of single them out as well. But. There's no escaping the fact that he does it over and Brady does it over and over again. I know. I know. He's done but it the, at, least, at least twice in the last four games, I think he's done. But it's funny. Troy Aikman last night made yeah. um, a comment. I don't know if this – I heard it. About um, – I don't know if it was Godwin or Evans and they or um, Julio Jones. You know, they missed earlier in the game on a deep route, and he missed a couple deep routes where it seemed like he overthrew the receiver. And Troy Aikman questioned whether or not the receivers were fully healthy. He said, because basically, yeah, Brady doesn't do that. It's like they were just a step too slow to be there. Like he threw it to where they would normally be at their normal speed. It was interesting to hear a, you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback say that. I thought you were going to say his, it was a simple comment. There's, uh, where is it here? Uh, it doesn't matter. His comment basically was, he's the best ever to do it. There's no question in my mind, but we hear announcers say that all the time, but it was said in a way that was so definitive, like maybe Troy Aikman didn't want to really say that because he's been in that position, but he said, it. There, there's no doubt in my mind, he's the best to ever do it. And the other thing about the defense is whoever's on the field. The thing that's remarkable about it is it's, it's real. Like the Brady thing is so real. Imagine playing defense and you're on the field and it's starting to happen. There's nothing you can do about it. There's, it's real. Andy Dalton was just like this. <laughs> We've all seen it. It's remarkable. I mean, Taysom Hill was doing the same thing, <laughs> biting their nails and watching it like, oh my God. It's not going to happen again. Please don't let it happen again. Please don't let it happen. But I know it's going to happen again. It's like right. It's like lying in bed when you're in college and you feel a sickness coming and said, "Oh no, it's coming," and I can't stop it. And that's exactly what was happening last night in the game. But as a matter of perspective, and all we're we're all saying about how long he's been doing it, go go back and watch the mic'd up version of the twenty-eight to three comeback. 
And when the Falcons thought they had the game in the bag in the third quarter and the two young defensive backs are on the sideline and one of them says, oh, we got this game. We just need a first down. And the other guy, without missing a beat, that's Tom Brady on that other sideline. That's Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he didn't want to be right by the end of the game, but he ended up being right. That was – what year was that Super Bowl? That was, what, 10, uh, 14, 16. 16. So that was six years ago. Cheapers. I always love the Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman, he held up the four fingers, right? <laughs> and then when they beat Seattle. So if you're him, right, because he's playing next year and he's not playing in Tampa, aren't you going back to San Francisco? Like Great. if you have your choice, yeah. Maybe. He's a, fr he's a free agent. Well, where would you go? That's the question. Come in I'm New asking. England. And don't, don't, don't you believe everything you read? If you're him, would, if you're him, would you do that? Go to San Francisco? No, where you'd come back to New England? No, I think that I think that he stayed one year too long, and I think he should get out. Well, he ain't getting out. Why do you he's, say that? Which you know, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know, but everything in my gut tells me he's playing at least one more year, and he's also going to own a football team eventually. That's his goal. Got three hundred seventy-five million dollars waiting for him from Fox. Yeah, well, depending on how you feel about the last uh, financial crisis with what he supported then uh <laughs> we're not sure how much money he has but whatever it's never been about money with him I it's never been about money with him well i thought he was supposed to go to san francisco before he went to tampa i did too but i don't know what happened there they garafo has gone down san francisco seems to have a all of a sudden all kinds of backup quarterbacks yeah but nobody's under contract for a long period of time trey lance is on his rookie deal Jimmy Garoppolo's done at the end of this year. They can resign him, but he's. What he's, about Purdy? What about this kid that comes out of nowhere? Mr. Irrelevant. Zach, what, the, the latest um, Bailey Zappi? Well, there's a reason that they kept Purdy, uh, you know, moved him ahead of Trey Lance. I think if I'm him, I'm going back to San Francisco. Why not? I think Lynch is right. I don't think he's coming back. I think this is it. Oh, I don't. I just totally disagree with that. Everything points to that he's going to play again. Oh, he's going to have, he's, he's going to have a great – look when he first went to Tampa. He had a great offensive line. He's now without his left tackle. He's without his center. He's without uh, Gronk. He's without great two tight ends. Um, he has to have the perfect matchup. I mean, he, he's got a below-average offensive line. He's got average receivers. Chris Godwin's hurt every other play. And the other guys are rookies that make rookie mistakes and they drop passes. Yeah, well, Mike, I'm not going to go up and down the Niners roster, but they're a Super Bowl contending team. What, do, what else do they need for him? Well, they got I a got, top defense. They got Christian McCaffrey. They got uh, Brandon Ayuk, who's an unbelievable second receiver. And they got Debo Samuel. How about Kyle Usage? Yeah, and how about George, George Kittle? From Harvard. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Harvard boy. Should have started break from Harvard. Is there any chance we could ever get through a show without talking about Harvard? <laughs> any chance? Well, well next Harvard Sunday at 425, we know where we'll be, right, Butch? <laughs> yes. Where? Tampa where? Bay playing in San Francisco on oh, Fox yeah. 25. Oh, that's right. Here's the deal. Two Brady, Harvard guys in that Thanks game. for paying Two. attention, Butchie. The real – uh, did Brady – where did he play baseball? Brady? He was uh, at his high school. Yes, yeah, uh, Sarah. Sarah um, yeah, Sarah. Uh, he was drafted where? 
Expos, catcher. Expos, 94. As what? Yeah. Catcher. As a catcher. Where's the weak spot for the Red Sox right now? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. That's the answer. He's coming back as a catcher for the Red Sox. Speaking of which, did you see the video in the tunnel before he went out for the game and who greeted him? In a Tampa Bay Bucks number 13 jersey, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, yeah. So everybody said, and you can't, you can't hear audio, even though the audio is full because it's so loud. But all these people are saying, Judge is going to the Rays. Judge is going to the Rays. And Barstool Sports is the only one that got it right. It's rumored that he's deciding between the Yankees and the San Francisco Giants. The conversation was, Tom, go to the Niners. I'll be there. <laughs> Come play. Let's both go play in San Francisco. <laughs> hey, the Red Sox, that's their play. It's their only play. Will Tom Brady still be in the NFL the next time we have the World Cup? <laughs> That's a good question. Huh? How about this, Mike, since you're our soccer aficionado and so yes. passionate about the sport? Here's the silver lining. The United States doesn't even have to qualify for the World Cup in four years. Why? Because they're one of the host countries. They get an automatic bid. You have so got to go. uh, you've got to see this ESPN no, it's not the ESPN. It's a Netflix documentary on FIFA. If you want it, I'm serious. You have to see it's a four-episode installment on FIFA and the corruption that is involved in World Cup soccer. Blatant corruption. Oh, Deeper oh. than the, um, the World Skating Federation and figure skating? <laughs> no, no, Why, Hank? Why? I'm, I'm outraged. Let me, let me ask you this. Just so you know, it's a learning experience, Mike. It's okay to expand your – I know you went to Harvard, and you guys think you know it all before you even walk in the door. It's a learning experience. Actually learn things after you get out of college. All right. Um, That's let me a gold circle tongue lashing right there. That's the golden flash right. mentality. Right. Right. Let, let, let me ask you this. Against it? Would there be um, more outrage – if we lost to the Netherlands in ice hockey in the Olympics, if we lost to the Netherlands in men's basketball in the Olympics, if we lost to the Netherlands in track and field in the Olympics, and like I hear, oh, it's a great learning experience. Oh, it's going gonna, gonna to boost them. This, is, this conversation has been going on for more than a half a century. They lost to the Netherlands. The Netherlands. You know, they, 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 that, that's the mouse that roared. The Netherlands, they lost to. I mean, what is this, the size of New Hampshire and Vermont? I was going to say, there were more people Christmas shopping at the Burlington Mall on Sunday that actually <laughs> live in the Netherlands. Yeah. I mean, Don't mess with the Dutch. Where, where is the, you know, tulips and windmills and, uh, you know, the Hans Brinker and the silver skates? What's your where, point? Like, you know, why isn't there more outrage? Why are we giving them another free pass? The well, you are right. Mike, you are right. It's so amazing after one game. I don't know. I guess people from that didn't understand the obsession with the Red Sox and the Patriots that we've had here don't understand that either. But there was so much obsession with one game, soccer game, that it's always a referendum on where their status is on the world stage after every win one, or loss. One day, a few stories, and then gone. Yeah. Where's Where the outreach on the Red Sox? Wow, there's more outrage about the Red Sox. A lot of outrage about the Red Sox. Yeah, you don't think so? I don't know. There's apathy yes. compared to before. We all lived people, through. People have you know, said what they had to say, and they're not doing anything. 
for all the vitriol about Xander Bogarts right now, we don't know where he's going to go. And if the Red Sox are going to match any offer or even get the chance, whatever, for all of it, can we just flash back to the before the 04 season and this time that year in 03 from Thanksgiving until January 1st, every single day, the gnome, the A-Rod to Boston story. It was obsession. It was an obsession every single day, wherever you went, whatever people were talking to, we're never going to see that again with the Red Sox. We're just never going to see it again. So I, didn't I feel it. I, I, I didn't feel that he was, he was coming here. I just, I never felt that. Who, A-Rod? Yeah. Well, it, he said he was. I know it was almost real, but I, I just never felt that he was really coming here. Thank goodness you were right. Because that said in place him. That's all. I, I, I had no knowledge. It was just a guy. He did take a nice tour of Harvard University that day, though, right? He came to Fenway Park. I did, hear that, I did hear that there was some conversations between Jesus and the Red Sox. <laughs> he, said, he just said, don't do anything until I get back. Hey, well, Tom, is, is Tom Brady going to get in the, the, the gold circle of quarterbacks? He's already he has, in it. You have to make, what, 50 years, right? He's he the first one to be honored while he's playing. <laughs> Are you guys making fun of the longevity piece? I am not. I am yeah. not. I'm, I'm just thinking you guys could be in the – You're lucky to be alive. Hey, I've, been, I've been huh? killing you off on this podcast for about two months now, so <laughs> what's the difference? No. Remember the guy that thought you were dead when we first started the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. The Some guy day. wrote in. He said, I thought Bob, but it's Bob LaBelle still alive. I didn't know he was still with us. And this went on for about three weeks. He thought cool. we were doing the podcast from Waterman's in Kenmore Square. We had to tell him, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not the case. They were a sponsor. Hey, do you got your, uh, your meatball of the week? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't have one yet, but let me think. I do. And my meatball is Bill Belichick. You know why? It's like Ooh. yesterday he it's like he raised the white flag right when he's like you know what we don't have enough time to change things up on their eye it's too hard you know what we have to work on getting better at the things that we're doing now we don't have time to change things up on the offense combined with the fact that his own players called out the coaching staff and the schemes you know, Mac Jones yelling on the sideline, but Kendrick Bourne talking in the press about it. And I can't ever remember that happening to that extent to a Bill Belichick who just seen, I, I don't know if he'll be back next year. I mean, contractually, he's probably has to be here. And didn't they come out today and say, uh, what was the website that said he, he makes $20 million a year? Right. It's a lot of money for mediocrity over the last three seasons, right? How many games is he behind Shula? 26. 21. 21. Yeah, 21 as of today, I believe. He's my meeple. I just have never seen him like uh, – I've never seen him like this. Seems like he's unprepared. You know, he's you know he's the typical – he's always grouchy. You know, Hank, you can ask Mike and I about this. You get to be 70 years old. Things start to happen. You know, Mike's not 70 yet, Bob. You're not, Mike? 69. Well, you know, okay, give or take a year. So, but so in the next calendar year, yeah. 50, things start to You know, no memory things falter here. And yeah. if you're the head coach of the National Football League, you got a lot of things going on in your mind that have mm-hmm. to be decided, including timeouts and clock management and all, everything else, offensive play calling. 
And I and I'm not sure that gets to be the easiest thing in the world when you get to be 70 years old. You think that's what's happening with Belichick? I don't know, Butch. That is up for a doctor to think. But I'm just saying that sometimes the truth is in the visual sightings. I give him what, some meatballs. Maybe Belichick wants to get fired so he'll get paid and he'll have a chance to continue somewhere else. I mean, it, during it, the World Cup, haven't you envisioned a little project here? For the for Belichick, he's not going to pass Shula by being coach of this team. The you know what? The week is the U.S. soccer team. <laughs> of course, Netherlands. Netherlands. Think about it. the Netherlands. What do you think of when you think about the Netherlands? You think about the I don't know, Goldbergs, the mouse of the windmills. You're right, Mike. Tulips and windmills, clogs and drugs on the street. I think Dutch shoes, the little, little, the little clunky shoes they wear. Did you say, Hank? I said Amsterdam. I agree with you. That's what I think about. Yeah. <laughs> Looking in the windows. Been there. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Who else hasn't given their uh, meatball of the week yet? Oh, I yeah. haven't. Oh, here we go. No, nope. get, get the get the clock. I'm no, gonna, because, because I'm because I'm. I wasn't thinking about it because I was so pissed I drove into the airport AM instead of PM. <laughs> you might get the meatball of the week. Think you that you are, I want to give myself that's a good point. I'll give myself the you instead are the of eleven thirty tonight. No, I'll get the meatball of the week when I don't show up at eleven PM now. Just to I'm gonna reverse it like I've done before. You guys hate this and give it to Mac Jones. I'm gonna give him a bag of meatballs Ooh. for for saying that what he did on the sideline. And then for standing up and not admitting it. Coming up with a lame excuse for it, it was clearly directed at Matt Patricia and the coaches with the F-bombs. But I love that he said it. I just love that he said it. And like I said two weeks ago, that he is not this team's problem. He's the least of their problems, I think. So that's my meatball. Well, he hasn't been able to solve the problems. I agree with you on that. No, and he takes blame for that. I agree with you with that. But I don't think – the, the saddest part is we began this season – saying, wow, they got a rookie who had an exceptional for rookie quarterbacks in the NFL year. Forget that he made the Pro Bowl. They did lead him to the playoffs. They didn't compete in the playoffs. Can't wait to see how he progresses in year two. And now that conversation where a lot of people want to say he's regressed, they have a ton of ammunition for that. That's true. But in my opinion, that conversation's on hold because we have no idea because it's mostly not his fault, in my opinion. So Where you think it's a Matt at. Patricia, Joe Judge? Yes. It's Belichick fault. It's a Belich Belichick's biggest strength, in my opinion, has made him the greatest coach in football. It's that he doesn't listen to everybody. Or if he does, he's definitive in making his decisions. It's also his biggest downfall. He won't admit that he made a mistake with Malcolm Butler, and he doesn't want to make a mistake that he uh, uh, hired Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator and Joe Judge on offense. It's been a disaster. It's been a disaster and he doesn't want to admit it. And his team knows it's a disaster. And that's what we're hearing from him now. He knows he's lost his team. Just like he did after that Super Bowl when when Malcolm Butler hard to admit, which it's hard to admit that successful coaches can become unsuccessful coaches. It's hard to admit that successful quarterbacks can become unsuccessful quarterbacks. Because once they've achieved that level of success, you think it's in perpetuity. And I would simply say Belichick, I think, has lost it. I don't know to what degree. 
I think he has his decision making has deteriorated. His personnel decisions have deteriorated. I think a lot of things shine is off the edge. I I think it's obvious. They're a bad you, team with bad team with mediocre players and mediocre coaching. How do you feel about that, Mike? I I think that he made a mistake with Matt Patricia. I'm a big believer that if you've been an offensive guy your whole life, it's really hard. Now, I know there's been there's, there's thousands of examples, probably, guys who are on one side of the ball were successful on the other side of the ball. But I just think Matt Patricia is just born to be uh, a sergeant on the defensive side of the ball. And, and that's where he should remain. And I think it's, you know, he can come into meetings. He can meet with the, the backfield coach, the ends coach, the quarterback coach. And they can t- tell them all the stuff they want to do, but you just got to have that pedigree. You got to have that background to be on the offensive side of the ball. I just, I just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't see, you know, any guy that, that, that's been a quarterback or a running back coaching linebackers and vice versa. Okay. Let me ask you this about Lomb- guys, the great coaches of all time, Vince Lombardi. Okay. Yes. Yes. He left Green Bay, and where'd he go? Washington. And what kind of a what kind of a career do you have in Washington? It was short because he died, but uh, they weren't great. <laughs> Don Shula. Uh, Don Shula was with the Baltimore Colts. Yeah, he finished with Miami. Went to the uh, uh, didn't he? NFL championship. Went to the Dolphins and was very successful. Went to two Super Bowls, I believe. Three. Um, they went three? to three in a row. Yeah, they lost the one the, the, before they won the. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm, ta- right. I'm, I'm talking the ones they 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 went yeah. to after after they were uh, when they had they had Marino as one quarterback and I think David Woodley oh, okay. quarterback another one. Go ahead, Bob. Uh, Paul Brown. Paul Brown, uh, the unbelievable record with the Cleveland Browns, and then went to the expansion Cincinnati Bengals. George Hallis. See the Bears are always Papa Bear. Played with his grandson in uh, college, you know. Paul Hallis is one of our quarterbacks. It's pretty cool. I honestly thought we were going to get a Hank shout out there from a guy in Medford <laughs> who knew <laughs> who we had lunch with over on. Stay tuned. <laughs> you know, Stay tuned. I saw him one night down Papa at Salisbury in Medford Square. There, Papa Bear. We there we go. Papa Bear, way back when. No, I'm sorry. It was a Carol's. It was the old Carol's restaurant. Yeah. It was the old Carol's. Right. It was 75 years ago. Wait, 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 wait. Let's bring this full circle because Bob's 70 and he might lose it. So let's get back to him now. Where were you going with all the coaches stuff, Bob? I'm just saying that these guys toward the end of their careers, you know, kind of fade out. It's like it's just the lights gets dimmer and dimmer. So great coaches, you can't say they don't, they become ungreat coaches, but they're not as good as they once were. That's the rule. Right. It would I think be the, part of the job. It would be the exception if Belichick went out in a blaze of glory. You are correct. Oh, you got a meatball for us? Uh, well, no, that would really disrupt the conversation at the moment. Hey, was John Dennis there last night? No, I didn't hear from him. No, that. just asking. No, I didn't hear from him. No. <laughs> our best foods and our best meatballs. It's simple. If you watch the World Cup, don't you imagine a little meatball rolling across the roll, rolling across the the pitch. Okay, I'll give you my meatball. Okay. But it has to do with, again, research. 
It was a New York Times article on cheating in chess. What are you laughing at, boys? I'm laughing because of the walleyes now cheating in chess. In your retirement, you've become the commissioner of all things. I'm just <laughs> Not saying, the major force. Nothing wrong with expanding your horizons, boys. That's wonderful. What, so what, what's got your panties in a bunch about chess? What? Well, it's become one of the most popular sports in the world because of, you know, the Queen's Gambit and all the, the pandemic. Netflix that was a good series. movie, by the way. Fantastic. But did you ever think they could cheat in chess? The question is, how do you cheat in chess? Yeah. And the question is, you can. You can do it. A, it goes, there's a long history. It goes back to the computer versus Kasparov when the, this IBM computer called Deep Blue beat Kasparov. And the computer has an algorithm algorithm that you can download to your phone. You can have it on the information on your phone of how to beat a chessboard. Hold on. I'm waking Lynchy up. You know what? (laughs) Is there a meatball in our future? We're at Harvard, Mike, just falling asleep in class. It was... (laughs) Is there a meatball in our future here, Mr. Oh, I gave it to you. That's good. That was it. Well, well, I'm going to ask you a question. Cheated. I missed this. Who's the meatball? What were the name of the two chess geniuses who met in 1972? Bobby Fisher and uh, Boris Spassky. Billy Jean King. Boris Spassky. <laughs> That's right. 1972, the match of the century. In Iceland? Did they meet Iceland? Yeah, Reykjavik. Reykjavik, Iceland. That's right. Yeah. Why do they... Why, why do they have a world championship in Iceland? They have them everywhere, Mike. World championship is in like the farthest reaches of the world. They have, they have them in the strangest places. Seriously, Iceland. Well, that's one of them. Yeah, sun doesn't even go down up there. Well, sun that's probably why, because the matches last forever. Yeah, it'll be kind of fun to watch them in a chess match in the middle of a stadium with a hundred thousand people and the snow coming down. You know, add some elements, some natural right. elements to it. Sorry I brought it up. I told you it was going to be distracting, and now you, I proved it. It wasn't distracting at all. I fell asleep. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was soothing. <laughs> You're going to say, when you walk down the aisle, your favorite frozen food section, you're going to look left. You'll see, me, see the smiling chef that we um, affectionately referred to as Pablo Bell. Yeah, and then you're going to say, night the pontoon. And then when you open and you grab six bags, oh, checkmate, do. you've won. I don't know. Throw them right in the carriage, right up front. Know. Before you go, go to ourbestfoods.com, download the coupon, save some money. They are the best. Now, if, if we go to Iceland for chess, should we get uh, a wrap like uh, at, that we have at um, uh, for our RVs up there, or, or are they going to be already outside? Should we have them? You know, it would be a really long and dangerous ride to Reykjavik, I believe, um, yeah. even with the great Cold Springs RV. Well, how, about the Lobie Cruiser? how about the Lobie Cruiser? Can we get a the, ferry for it? The, you know what? That's a very, very good point. We could probably go over to the Black Falcon Terminal in South Boston <laughs> after we get the Lobie Cruiser, get it on to like a shipping container. Yeah. Jeez, that would be fantastic. And Butch could save some airfare. Is they, they could drop his daughter in Iceland. He wouldn't have to pay for the full fare to uh, from Spain 
Okay, can I change the subject? What about the Hall of Fame committee going on with Fred McGriff and not the other guys? I guess you don't like that idea, huh? To talk yeah, about speaking of going to the Hall of Fame, and next summer, for our sports aficionados. Next summer, we could all go up yes. to Cold Springs RV. Yeah. Rent a beautiful, luxurious RV, or we could get a tent trailer, travel trailer, fifth wheel, yeah. toy hauler, go up to Cooperstown to watch the crime dog. Do you know how right. to play chess, Hank? No, I don't. Mike? I used to know. I used to know. No. Butch? Nope. Just craps. Well, neither do I. So that screws us all. <laughs> <laughs> that would be I something could you could learn on the trip. I'll tell you what. I'm all You'll willing, have a lot Hank, of time. I'm all willing to go up to the Hall of Fame and have this debate with Bob about Fred McGriff and the other guys, mainly because we'll have a bunch of money in our pocket because for the three months we had our RV in storage, it only cost us 150 bucks, 50 right. bucks a month. Right, it four ways, right? Right. I mean, that's a layup. That's, that would be less than 40 bucks a guy. So then we could picket the Hall of Fame for not letting Clemens Bonds in with Fred McGriff. There's my take on that, Bob. We should, could invite and Schilling. Should to the podcast in the Cold Springs RV up in Cooperstown. Yeah, why not? Luxurious, comfortable. Give them a nice meatball sandwich. And if you too would like to do what we're going to do, all you need to do is go up to Ware, New Hampshire in Cold Springs RV. Check out their website. Where? 2023 models are in. They've got some leftover 2022s. You'll get a great deal, great service. You can get the 50 bucks a month. Simple, coldspringsrv.com. Bob, where is Sir Roger Moore? Uh, he, he, he's um, still rooting for England in the uh, World Cup? Oh, yeah, he's definitely for England. Yeah, I think uh, they're still alive, right? Yep, they are Spain still alive. Spain just got eliminated? Spain and the French. I just saw uh, an alert. Just came, just came over my uh, iPad. They, they tied Morocco. They're out. <laughs> they tied Morocco, so they're out. So what happened? How much? How much time was in mystery time in that game? Do we know? Well, they had had twenty extra minutes. Mystery, mystery time. <laughs> I know, and, and I think in this round you don't play mystery time. You play twenty. Well, I think you do play mystery time, but you add twenty minutes, like overtime. I thought they had shootouts, but they don't. They should have shootouts. They should have. Yeah, they should have. But uh, you guys, like, when the United States got eliminated, do you have to still cover the World Cup? Yeah, it's sponsored. It is. So, like, do you have to have, do you have to do specials or you just – No, not specials. We have – at 11.30, we have just – we have to do something. Yeah, we're going to bring in, Mike, for a special. And I'll, I'll give you a little inside scoop. I shouldn't be saying this, but last That's night I was in the break. I was in the commercial break, and we had a full sports cast last night with the baseball signings, the Bruins, the Celtics. And in the break, the Patriots, in the break, I realized we forgot to do a sponsored – segment on the World Cup. Our young director whipped together the open, put together a full screen, and I gave the schedule today because I did not want to be coming into work today missing a sponsored segment. Absolutely. So Good, go. for you. Good for you. Good for you. Because I, I would you know, yeah, I would have been aghast if you didn't Is it brought schedule. to you by like uh Benjamin Moore or Sherwood? No, Williams? it's uh brought to us by Dan O'Brien Kia. Oh, oh because yeah, I figured hey once you were done watching the paint dry if the game was still on we might give you something to do. Hey, this is the <laughs> knockout round. Come on. Come on. You sure Cutter right. Airways is not. <laughs> Who'd you beat to get in the in the, the quarterfinals? Well, we didn't beat anybody. We, we tied nil-nil. But you had to beat somebody <laughs> to advance, right? No, we, we, 
we had a we had a tie, nil nil. Yeah, because M is ahead of Morocco is ahead of uh, Spain in the alphabet, so that's how they got the advantage. <laughs> hey, got a shout out to the great John Tobin. You guys know John; he's a Boston City Councilor. He owns Laugh Boston, listens every single week, and congratulations to his son Matthew, who goes to Catholic Memorial who uh, covered the Super Bowl game and had his first byline in the Boston Globe last week. He's a high school student. Is he from Medford? No, he's from West Roxbury. Oh, wow. wow. Yep. His dad used to work in Medford at one time at Kiss 108, way back when. So he's uh, been to the 02155. All right. Beautiful. Hey, anybody going to the tradition tomorrow night? Yes, Over I am. TD Garden? Yep. I like that. It's one of my favorite events. You I, know who's I, there tomorrow night? We got ML Carr. We got Johnny Damon. We got Lawyer Malloy. We got, um, oh, I can't remember the others off the top ML? of my head. Yeah. ML Carr. Bill Rogers. Bill, Bill Rogers, Rogers, yep. And then the two women. I can't Jillian remember. Jillian Dempsey. Jillian Dempsey from the Pride. Shante Bonds. Yeah, who's Shante Bonds? Honestly, don't know. The good Boston Boston Renegades, the women's football team that Ernie Bach Jr. Oh. She she did play when she's from the Renegades. Yeah. Oh, I know her. I do know her. Yeah. I'll probably see you there. Yeah. And Mark Recky. I go with George Gray. That's right. I'm going with George too. Oh no. I think. Oh, I know. I just ruined your plans, Bob. I'll make sure I stay. I'll sit up on the balcony so I don't crowd your space. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure right down front they'll have the golden circle for you. I probably won't even get close to you. If I had six fingers, I'd pick one. <laughs> The same one that you always use when I walk into the room. But George Gray, you'll never give him the finger. You'd like to give him a hug. You'd like to give him a kiss. There's no one better. Get up to George Gray's Lexington Toyota. It's 409 Mass Ave in Lexington. LexingtonToyota.com. Go ahead, Bob. You can, you can say it. You can say it. No, no, I'm going I'm, I'm to take show it. it. I'm not going to say it. I can take it. No, best prices, best selection. Best part best about people. it. You can't take it. LexingtonToyota.com. I can take quick, it right now. Hey, 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 gentlemen. Can we do a quick Bruins and Celtics minute? No. Okay. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, we cannot. It's too early. It's too early. And no oh, one's going to remember. Let him do it, Mike. Let him just I'm do just, it. I'm just talking about the moment last oh, night. Cassidy coming back. I thought that was one just, of those you nights. You don't need to ask I permission. love those nights. I'm a sucker for that. You don't need to do it, Butch. You can just ask permission. You don't have to ask permission. I just thought the... Uh, it was classy move by the Bruins of paying them a tribute. And a lot of times those things like, yeah, people like whatever, but just go back and look at the video of Cassidy's face. Very nice. What it, what it meant to him. Very, very nice. His yeah. kids used to go, he lived uh, a couple blocks away from me and his kids used to go to the elementary school down the bottom uh, at the end of my street. Very nice guy. Kids were nice. And yeah, uh, he lived in Winchester, right? Yep. Yeah. Did you hear what he said about the restaurants? Kind of one of those high-end communities, right? They asked him what he they asked him they asked him what he did while he was in town. He said he went to Tresca and he had dinner and Ray Bork was there and blah 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 and he was having a good time. And and he said, for a guy that grows up in Winchester and has young kids, he goes, I used to go to uh he he went to like the local places. He goes, That's it, you know, get the fish and chips. He goes, So one of the guys in the coaching staff when we got to town asked me for a restaurant recommendation in Boston. It's like you're asking the wrong guy. I don't get in here a lot. But, I mean, isn't he the model for how 
all coaches should conduct themselves in press conferences and everything else? Yeah. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be refreshing for the way he uh, is? Belichick's a model. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he gives good press. I, that game was – you're right. You guys are right. It's, it's December. And they're playing Vegas again on Sunday. But that game was awesome. That was a playoff game. I mean, for 30-plus for minutes – you wanted to kick. I couldn't. I always said, I'm not listening to sports radio tomorrow. December. The, the way it was played, the way the Bruins came back, the way the shootout went to a fifth round. I mean, it was it was a great – it was worth the price of admission. Yeah. It really was. And that brings us to the Celtics because they're worth the price of admission right now. Oh, my goodness. A back-to-back. Noel Horford. They start Blake Griffin. Griffin, who's assumed the new ML car role, he really has. He's a veteran cheerleader, although he was a better player than ML car. Decides, he said after the game, I've decided when they put me in, I'm going to dunk at least once a game to remind these young guys who I was. <laughs> the guy who jumped over the Kia. He went from a DNP to the starting lineup. Yeah, but did give the, it. Did the Royal Cup have a good time at the game? I think so. You think so? What do you think? Yeah, they they, were, what do you think they were talking about when they showed all those those clips of them that they, they were smiling and like they were flirting with each other? What do you think they think they were saying? God, I can't wait till like, that we get out. Now they're saying, "How come we got to sit in Bob Kraft's seat?" <laughs> what, what are you doing? Lucy's trying to get my attention. Who's Lucy? Oh, Lucy's dog. My dog. Oh, I thought it right. I feel better. I was getting nervous there for a minute. <laughs> I'll take you for a walk. Yes. All right. Say hi to the boys. That's it. Say hi, Lucy. Hi. All right. Get down. Get down. She um, start all right. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, Hank. Up. Where's he going? He just left the Golden Circle. I hope he comes back. <laughs> you can still give the plug, Hank. You can just bite me, Hank. Why can't we get why can't we get sportscasters like that? In the Golden yeah, why can't we get sportscasters? That's like right. Oh, the black dog hat. Very nice. Timely. Thank you. Timely. The doggy dog world and Bob's like wearing his milk bone underwear. A shout out to Jim Prime, who on today's uh, post, when I posted on Unanchored Boston on Facebook, our congratulations to Bob Lobel. Jim Prime who attended Acadia University, is from Freeport, Nova Scotia, and lives in Nova Scotia, but listens, says, hey, why can't we get Boston sports reporters like that? Ah, very good. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, everybody. What does your sweatshirt say, Bob? Property of what? Oh, Red Sox. Okay, nice. Very nice. Remember them? Yeah. Yeah, I'd like for them to be relevant again. So uh, relevant. they can only be relevant. I know they um, they were not very relevant this this past summer. I'll leave you with this: If I had one wish for Christmas, it's that in the next week, here's what plays out: Xander Bogart signs with the Yankees, and Aaron Judge comes to the Red Sox. Ooh! Ooh. Well, then you got a, then you got stories. Ho ho ho! I gotta have next Monday, Tuesday rather. Well, we'll talk about it. I got to have surgery on Tuesday morning. You do? Yeah. No excuse. Do yeah. you want us to come Do in? Do it from the hospital. <laughs> Maybe we'll do it later in the day. No. But, uh, 
No excuse. Well, the Patriots play Monday night, right? No, yeah. They, yeah, they play Monday night. Lucy. Lucy's got a deep voice. Get dogs under the table. This is really getting we're, – we're, we're bordering danger zone here. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, Merry uh, Christmas. The, uh, I just hope, I, my wish for Christmas is the World Cup would be playing 50, 52 weeks a year. There's nothing like the World Cup. So let's let's bring it on. Say, say goodbye to the boys. Oh, say goodbye oh. to the boys. Wish the All boys. Right, see you guys. One of the guys who worked for so long, he never gets to shut out gold because there aren't any goals. <laughs> All right. Unacred Boston is a presentation of Unacred Media, a Burke Advertising LLC company. For show information, visit unacredboston.com.